0: So I'm delighted to welcome Rory McKiernan, who uh, many of you may know as a best-selling author. He's also a host of the podcast Love and Courage, um, and also the creative souls of Clare. He's a Fulbright scholar, previous advisor to President Higgins, um, and still is incredibly young. Is, um if I'm not mistaken, a Cavan native. Um, yeah, that's right, Jennifer. And is now a West Clare resident, so we'll forgive you that, Rory. But um, hopefully, you come and enjoy a lot more of East Clare. So, Rory, thank you so much. So, first off, I suppose, what brought you to West Clare?
1: Um, I suppose the wind, <laughs> <laughs> um, the winds of change. The winds of change. Uh, you know, just life. a sort of a range of things happen in one's life where things conspire but I suppose my wife has family links here so that's a big part of it and then we were my wife's originally from Limerick uh, I'm originally from Cavan we were living in Dublin and it was about four years ago and uh, we just decided that we didn't want an urban life anymore and also there was the whole realm and worlds of rents and affordability and all of that so there's a and then we did a we actually did a road trip around Ireland and um, and we ended up in Ennis Diamond and we ended up sitting under a tree up in the woodlands behind the Falls Hotel. And we ended up, There was a, I remember a distinct moment there where we realized maybe we wanted to live in these parts. Not unlike many other hundreds of people yeah. that have been drawn to Clare for different reasons.
0: It's, yeah, you know, well, I, I believe you were living in my native hometown of Clontarf. Um, so I yeah. think we possibly both came down to Clare for the same reason of a greater sense of community and uh, nice to be around nature, not be so urban bound. So, uh, yeah, so from one Claire, Claire, or from a Clontarf native to a former resident, uh, welcome to Clare. Um, now, in terms of you talking about that, the fact that you went, uh, kind of did a road trip, you also did... Um, you went hitchhiking uh, around Ireland to to try and get a sense of, uh, from your book, um, Hitching for Hope. So can you talk us a little bit through kind of what inspired that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That was several years ago now, and it was, um, I suppose it was post um, the crash, of the Celtic Tiger crash, very much a doom and gloom period in Ireland and a lot of soul-searching nationally, politically, culturally, Psychologically, spiritually, and in lots of ways, and I suppose we all went through our own um, processes and journeys with that. And me being no different than anyone else, and I suppose it coincided with a time where I was um, experiencing um, a, a big period of change. In that, I had um, I would experienced burnout from setting up an organisation that I'd set up about seven years previously. And I'd just been working night and day, and I just was in this kind of quagmire where I needed some change, some adventure, and a range of things conspired that caused me to think about the idea of going around the country and talking to people, but more specifically listening people, uh, and listening to them on the theme of hope. And uh, I had hitchhiked when I was younger, but I hadn't done so for many, many years, and I decided that I would uh, try out hitchhiking, and um, and that's what I did. Yeah, so I decided to um, to hitchhike. So, yep.
0: on your journey, what findings did you come across?
1: Um, well, first of all, I found that I found within five minutes that hitchhiking was still very much possible, despite um, its um, predictions of its demise, and. Um, Yeah, that people are still very much community orientated, kind, friendly, wanting to support each other, and um, ultimately that people want to talk, and as we well know, Irish people love to talk, but particularly talk when somebody's going to listen, and I think we're great talkers, but I'm not convinced that we're always great listeners, and I suppose if creating the conditions for somebody to exchange and know that they were going to be listened to, people tend to open open up and they open up about their woes, their worries, their hopes and their dreams. And that ultimately became the adventure. And then that's what led me to write a book about it. I didn't aspire to write a book, um, but it felt that there was too much exchanged and too many stories and too many, too many messages, I suppose, and messages off hope that it felt important to honor those voices, to put them in the book. And that's, that's what led to that.
0: Nice. And what was your favorite part of that f- adventure
1: um i suppose the first week probably was and particularly getting on in boffin with it 24 hours that was pretty special because obviously we are living on another else but when you go to an island off an island there's just it creates this kind of distinct time and space feeling and uh yeah. And, and it just all being new and any new experience, you're so wide eyed and open and alive. And there was a bit of a storm came that night, even though it was during the summer. Um, and then the next morning, you know, it was like the light in the dark. The darkness mm. was the storm. And then the next morning, some stranger kind of rescuing me and give me porridge and coffee and helping me out because I was feeling very sorry for myself so um so yeah those er are those early days and um yeah and just the magic feeling of magic in the air and feeling of adventure
0: so your work to date has very much been giving supports to groups such as younger people refugees and you know how did you actually get involved in that like and especially looking at the area of mental health supports
1: well yeah i suppose it's a circuitous kind of Windy road as well, but um, it goes back to um, when I first went to university, I studied business and worked for a few different multinationals, um, but really I found it fairly soon that world wasn't for me, um, and I was very much drawn to, I suppose, community issues, but also political issues. I'd grown up close to the border and was very acutely aware of the troubles as I was growing up and was very much interested in social, cultural, political affairs. And I moved to San Francisco um, after university and became immersed in um, living in a Latino district in San Francisco, became immersed in understanding that different countries also had colonial experiences and were also trying to reconcile issues around poverty and uh, peace and justice and so on. And that kind of led me to join the dots really and okay. from there having a global lens i ended up um i suppose taking a more localized lens as well and seeing that traditional link between the global and the local uh, as they used to say think global act local and that led me to decide that i should really I suppose, invest in my own community. And um, that opened a doorway to work in the health service in Donegal at the time. Yeah. And I started out working in health promotion and getting involved in youth work. So that's where that all began.
0: Right. OK. And the the, the organizations you were involved with, the creation of Is It Spun Out?
1: Yeah. So um yeah, I worked around youth mental health research and then that led me to decide um, the health service at the time wasn't and still maybe isn't mm-hmm. the the best place for leading change or creating innovation. And sometimes it's just easier to do so independently. So yeah. I decided to set up a nonprofit and joined with a range of friends and colleagues and allies from across different sectors, including health service and set up this non-profit in Donegal and later set up an office in Galway and then it ultimately ended up in Dublin um, and that's how I ended up in Dublin and um, yeah so it still exists about I don't know how many years ago that was about 16 years ago maybe.
0: Wow well well done and I mean like thank you for all of the work that you have done because it helps so many people and it's really important so um, keep doing what you're doing Um, and I suppose how do you feel things have changed over recent years?
1: Um, Well, at one level, I think humanity is still dealing with the same things it was always dealing with. And a lot of our days are um, taken up with thinking about food and shelter and literally in Ireland, shelter being a huge one. Um, But now also food, shelter and energy. And if you go back 10,000 years, that's kind of what humanity was worried about and thinking about. Uh, but the sad thing is that that is still the fact that we have an abundance of resources. And we, I believe, should be in a place where we can better organize ourselves as a species. But we seem to be doing a bad job in the terms of the distribution of those resources, but also then the resources when it comes to sustainability and not taking too much and I do think we're really at this moment of peril and reckoning where the future doesn't look great in one sense so here I am this guy that's supposed to be talking about hope and we have to well I you don't have to do anything but I suppose I, I feel that like if you look at the the square facts of the matter that things are looking fairly bleak but it's often in the darkest hour that the dawn exists and I do believe that when we go through crisis points that they can become inflection points for radical change and hopeful change but within that are decisions that each of us need to make and also I believe hope and despair are choices we can start to choose to lean into the despair and that ultimately can lead us in a very disempowering Mm. journey but we can also choose to be hopeful and organize ourselves and 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 make an effort and and simply do what we can
0: nice and i suppose that leads very nicely into your podcast so you love and courage um i'll talk about that first can you talk to us a little bit about what the inspiration was behind that and then kind of the experience of running that podcast
1: yeah, um, the inspiration really was nothing to do with a podcast, first of all. Well, I, I did have a podcast previously, well, I still do, called Love and Courage. But um, the the original project that was supported by Creative Clare mm-hmm. um, was supposed to be a tour of County Clare Libraries, where I was going to do a book tour and do workshops and dialogues around creativity. Mm-hmm. And then this thing called COVID happened mm-hmm. that we won't even dwell on right yeah. now. Uh and I think we're all a bit fed up with that discussion. Um, but basically I had to come up with a new idea and it really had to be something I could do virtually. Um, so I tried to have a think about what was I good at and then also uh, what could be virtual and what was Clare-based and I know a lot of creative people in Clare, Clare is just absolutely teeming full of them and I just figured I'd have these conversations with Clare-based artists, poets, theatre makers, actors, writers, storytellers about their lives, about their creativity and about their relationships to County Clare. Yeah. So that's what that's what led to Creative Souls of Clare.
0: Nice, and it's it's a fantastic podcast. I know. Um, I think it was a while back you had actually um, interviewed Tommy Hayes, who was obviously one of the founders of Irish Seed Service that I'd been involved with. But what if the I suppose what have you found from having these discussions with people that are are based and from Clare?
1: Um, yeah, well, I found that an awful lot of them are what we might call like you and I blow-ins. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, there's a lot of the creative folk are from elsewhere, quite frankly, but uh, not not solely. Obviously, Clare has its own rich, traditional and indigenous kind of, um, artistic culture and a very, very strong one and that's possibly what may have attracted many of the, the so-called blow-ins. But, but within that, what I do like as well is that I don't find that their natives um, speak or think in those terms of blow-ins too much, mm. that it's one of the more welcoming places and welcoming peoples in, that I've ever come across anywhere on the planet. Yeah, myself um, as well. I, I feel like there's no great kind of boundary between them and us and all mm. that kind of stuff Um and then secondly, around uh, art and creativity, that it's so uniquely personal to every individual that everyone has their own recipe, their own formula, their own motivations, their own impulses, um, as to why they do it, how they've done it, what, how they've learned. And like that. also that creativity is something for everyone, that mm-hmm. isn't just for people we call artists, that yeah. people can make bread, they can make jam they can quilt craft and do you know art as a hobby you don't have to decide that you're a so called artist and that's maybe what Creative Claire and Creative Ireland are also promoting is this idea of creativity in the community and that creativity is, is essential also to well being that we create something we don't just consume something and obviously we all maybe like to watch movies and listen to music and listen to podcasts but it's also nice to create our own things and put them out into the world
0: yeah absolutely and I think very much like there's a lot more interest now people have in podcasts as you say like we've all got used to being online we actually know that there's so much more available and uh, so it's wonderful to actually have people in Clare being highlighted um, and learning their stories learning what's inspired them as well and you had mentioned obviously the Love and Courage podcast so can you talk to us a little bit about that
1: Yeah, um, so that was born about five years ago, and it was probably two main reasons. The first was um, I was kind of getting a little bit frustrated with the radio in that a lot of the interviews and conversations I felt were too short, you know, like you could have somebody very interested on for five, ten, or maybe 20 minutes if you're lucky, Mm. but it just all felt such like fast and rushed. And so I suppose like many people, I was drawn to the podcast medium because it's a bit more slow and considered and you don't have to be in such a rush and you can really hear from somebody. You can take an hour, you can take two hours if you want. And then secondly, it was accessible in terms of it's you can these days, anyone can set up a podcast. It obviously takes a little bit of time and learning. And then I suppose the third component was that I was having these amazing conversations and meeting amazing people along the way anyway. Mm. Uh, and I figured I might as well try and pull that all together. And that's what, what led to that podcast.
0: Nice. So with, within the podcast, what have really been, and I suppose your work to date, what have really been the highlights for you?
1: Um, well, they say never meet your heroes and all that, mm. but I suppose I'm meeting them all the time through the podcast. And I suppose one of the people I set out to interview from the very beginning was Christy Moore and that he agreed to it fairly quickly but it took two years to organize right, and it took a lot of patience and all that so um that was a highlight just meeting him and and just found him to be a very nice man and um spent a couple hours with him um and just have continued to meet people that are well-known but also not well-known and um, I get equal enjoyment and inspiration from people I've never heard of before. And um, there's people that are quietly doing their thing, and but also making an impact on a quiet level or a big level. And it's just really great hearing their stories. And most of them, I would find, that are people that have had to be courageous in some way or another, and they've chosen to take a different path or had to overcome big obstacles or are challenging injustice and sometimes you can just get tired in life and fed up and downbeaten or browbeaten and um, you have to sort of, we kind of need to inspire each other to some extent and that gives me a lot of fuel and I suppose that's what I'm trying to do is share that out there as well
0: nice well that's fantastic and i suppose you've, you've achieved so much and it's it's wonderful that you know people can go back and listen to these podcasts and um, what do you have plans for what's coming up for you next
1: um well at the moment i'm spending a lot of time working with doris in limerick which is a national migrant and refugee support organization and we're working a lot with asylum seekers and refugees People in the horrific direct provisions system that is supposed to be ending by twenty twenty four, but mm. doesn't look like will happen. Yeah. And also, obviously, Ukrainian refugees and refugees from um, Afghanistan, Syria, and elsewhere. And it's it's really eye opening work. And um, to see the, I mean, the team at Doris are incredible, but it's the need is so vast at the moment. So that's taken up a fair amount of time and. Um, I'm also uh, been training in the area of uh, counselling and psychotherapy for the last while and um, I've been sort of working in that area, well I've been working in mental health for quite a while anyway so um, I seem to be putting more time into that and I suppose I'm I'm probably ultimately going to end up working in counselling to some extent, I don't envisage I'll do it full time but I do get a lot from it and it is also that moment where I stop talking so much and lean <laughs> back to being a listener and facilitator and support to other people and help them navigate where they're at. And I get a lot from that, and hopefully they do too. And I suppose I'm passionate about that being available to everybody, but mm. particularly feel that um, men men could do it a lot more work in that area. And there's a lot of need there, and a lot of us um for cultural and other reasons haven't been able to maybe create the spaces or get the spaces to find emotional supports and unfortunately that tends to lead to a lot of problems for individuals and for society yeah. so i'm passionate about um, more work being done in that area
0: okay well that's great well look thank you so much it's been fascinating learning from you all the work that you're doing and can i just ask in terms of the podcast are they continuing on
1: um, yeah, I'm about to do uh, about to launch another. Um, I guess these days you call it a series or a season of yeah. of, of love and, of, of um, creative souls of Clare. Uh, thanks to Creative Ireland and Creative Clare supporting that, and then um, love and courage. I generally do one a month, and so um, I keep tipping along at that. I keep it at a level where I don't. Uh, I don't try to do too many of them. I just enjoy it and do one a month. And I have lots of people that support the podcast, which is great. And, um, but I'm a big fan of just people making their own media and particularly community media. And I suppose I'm a, a huge fan of community radio as well. So fair play to everyone involved with the station there. And um, a big shout out to, um, to uh, is it Jim or Tim Collins? Jim,
0: Jim Collins here, yes.
1: <laughs> Jim, yeah, Jim. And like, you know, the, really like the likes of Jim and, and the early pioneers in the radio and stuff, they they're sort of maybe pre podcast and but like uh, local radio and regional radio and community radio, it's really powerful medium and helps connect people and inform people and it's nice to then see the different worlds come together as well, the yeah. radio and the podcast world, but um, full credit to everyone involved and, and obviously, like yourself, it's, it's a volunteer-led initiative as well yeah. and that's really important, but it's also important if there's anyone from Clare County Council or anyone happens to be listening to give some support there as well where possible and by way of grants and all the rest yeah, fund up a, that radio station.
0: Yeah, no, we we, we always appreciate the uh, support that we do get from our sponsors and I always look out for more, so thank you for that. And can I just ask, in terms of people who may want to connect with you, listening to your podcast, how can they do that?
1: Um, I suppose to go on to the old interweb uh, machine and Google or whatever and type in uh, Love and Courage Podcast or Creative Souls of Claire Podcast or just my name, Rory McKiernan and you'll find me on all the the usual places as they say these days. Brilliant, welcome here, thank you so much Rory McKiernan, really wish you all the very best thank you so much for all the work that
0: you've done to date and uh, we look forward to learning more about your adventures and all the great work that you're doing to help many people so thank you so much
1: Thanks Jennifer, appreciate it, thank you